Good morning once again, everybody. Hope everybody's still doing well. Children, young ladies, it's time to go down the hall if that's what you want to do. The rest of us, we're going uh, to focus on 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and just verse 1 this morning as we, uh, I think we're going to finish up today uh, some of the points that were made in this book. If you read it, uh, thank you for doing that. If you're going to do something with what you read, then praise the Lord for that too. If you didn't read it and don't have it, there's more on the table in the hallway. You can have one. Um, there's one more book that's coming right behind this one to be on the table by Tuesday. It's, uh, I'll talk about it before I'm done with this message. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's not even thicker than this one, so you should be able to read it. It's, it's, about, it's about praying for y'all. All right, so we're not just going to pray for the preacher, we're going to pray for y'all too. And that'll, pro- that'll, be, that'll take us two more, uh, two more messages through that book, and then we'll be done with those and move on into uh, whatever else the Lord will have us uh, study and learn about and grow with. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to bring a message this morning about 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, and I'm going to try to do it uh, in Romans chapter 1. So just kind of keep that in mind. You can put your finger there. I'm going to have a word of prayer as we get started, and we'll go. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Thank you for calling me to preach your word. Uh, help me, Lord, to step out of the way of that and let your spirit have his way in our hearts. Uh, let your words be spoken today, and that whoever's hearing can have ears to hear, and that they would be blessed by these words and that they would actually uh, keep in step with the Spirit in their own lives and let him have his way with the message for all of us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice that gives us a message to preach, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, Last time we were here, last Sunday morning, we talked about uh, praying for your preacher to have reliance on God, to rely on the Lord for everything that he's called to do. Nothing in his own strength, all in the Lord's strength, depending on God. That, that requires humility, so be in prayer about that. And also we, we, we talked about praying that the preacher would have boldness in his preaching. Uh, all of us preachers who, 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 who commit to the preaching ministry full-time or even part-time, we want to preach boldly. Uh, if I got up here and said, I think this is what the Bible says, but I'm not sure... I would not feel good about that, and y'all would probably stop paying me to be here. <laughs> You'd probably be like, eh, let's find somebody else. We have to be as bold as the message is. Hello? As bold as the message of the gospel is, that's the way the preacher must be. And by the way, it doesn't stop there, because each one of the believers in the body of Christ is an ambassador for the gospel, is a preacher of the gospel. So it goes on down the line, doesn't it? So just keep that in mind, and hopefully by the time I'm finished with this message in approximately an hour, right? That was my assignment. (laughs) I'm focusing on the approximate word. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Okay. (laughs) It takes a humble preacher to be a bold preacher. That's That's my belief. It takes a humble preacher to be a bold preacher. So when you're praying for this preacher... Keep that in your mind and keep that in your heart. Today, since we all agree that we desire to pray in line with God's will, we've discussed that several weeks back. 
that it's God's will that all would be saved. It's God's will that all would hear the gospel. So isn't that what we should be, our prayer should focus on? Making disciples so that people might have an opportunity to be saved. That's what it's all about. That's what it's always going to be about. It'll never be about anything else. And whenever we struggle in our walk with Christ, whenever we struggle in our fellowship with one another, it's because we're losing focus of that. Ultimately, that's the core of the issue. I'm not saying there's not real struggles that happen that need to be dealt with. I'm saying when they become big problems, it's because we've lost sight of this purpose, that people would hear the gospel and have an opportunity to be saved. That's why I went into preaching ministry. That's why I left everything that I loved as far as work goes to go into the preaching ministry because I wanted to be involved in helping people make that choice or at least have the option. Right? Now, y'all know, y'all know as well as I do, you can't make somebody get saved. You can't force somebody into salvation. You can't force them to believe that Jesus is the Christ. You can't force them to believe that he came into this world as a human being for the purpose of going to the cross so that yours and my sins can be forgiven and we could all be reconciled to our Father who is holy. You can't make people believe that. You can talk to them until you're blue in the face, and they don't have to believe it, do they? Because God's love is not forced love. So he will not force us to love him back. Okay? There's too many of us, too many preachers, too many uh, believers, too many disciples around the world who get discouraged when it comes to making disciples and preaching the gospel in the community because nobody seems to want to say, yes, I want to be saved. Everybody, every, it's like you have to talk to 7,000 people to get one person to say, let me think about it. Seems like anyway. I haven't done the math yet. It's discouraging, isn't it? Because most of the people that we're witnessing to, if they're not total strangers, and even if they are, maybe, we love those people. And we desperately want them to understand the gospel because we understand the consequences of rejecting the gospel. We understand the eternal consequences of saying no to Jesus. So it's hard, isn't it? Here's, here's, here's today's, uh, today's focus as we pray for your preacher If, the preacher's gonna, if you're going to pray that the preacher would be humble and be bold and, and that his message would be received and that his uh, congregation that he serves with would accept his ministry and accept what the Lord's doing and all the things we've talked about, then we have to pray that God would open doors for that to happen. We have to pray that when we do preach the gospel, whether it's Sunday morning or whether it's Wednesday night, or whether it's some revival somewhere, or just in your neighbor's uh, garage drinking coffee, talking about God, that God would open the door for the message to be received. Okay. Now, Romans, I probably got all this stuff out of order. Romans chapter, yeah, I do. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. This is where Paul 
in his letter to those in Rome, says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So what we're, what we're seeing is, not only is Paul the preacher, the evangelist, the, the church planter, the sinner of all sinners, remember? Not only does he believe the gospel so passionately, he's able to boldly preach it with all, all humility required, because he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's what he says. I'm not ashamed of it. Now, if I said to y'all this morning, or to any other believer around the world, if I just looked you straight in your eye and said, are you ashamed of the gospel? What do y'all think your answer would be? No. Of course you're going to say no, for a lot of reasons. One, because you're probably not ashamed of the gospel, and two, because you're sitting in church right now. But what if you're somewhere in the community surrounded by people you don't know if they're saved or not? And, and, and the situation calls for you to stand firm in the way that you present yourself in that situation as a, as a believer, as a person who believes that Jesus is the Christ. Then what would, don't answer this, you and the Lord figure this out. Then what would your answer be? Am I ashamed of the gospel? Am I going to live it boldly? Am I going to preach it? Because here's the thing, we have to have an answer to that question beforehand. We have to be committed that we're not ashamed. Because we believe what we believe. We believe it's the absolute truth, so there's no reason for us to be ashamed. And we have to make that decision because you don't know when God's going to have a door open for someone to receive that truth in their life. It could be somebody you've been witnessing to for your whole life. And they've rejected it every time. But for some reason or another, God has been able to soften the heart of that person and open that door wide open. In that moment, whatever it is you do or say, or don't say, sometimes you don't say anything and that's preaching the gospel. The gospel is able to get in because God opened the door. You, know, you notice that Jesus never said go into the world and open doors and then put, bring the gospel in. He never said nothing like that. He just said go into the world and love people. Preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. It's God who opens doors. It's God who presents opportunities. He doesn't force his way in, y'all. He knocks on the door. He keeps knocking on the door hoping you'll open it but he doesn't force his way in. Neither can we force our way in. Because we're ambassadors to the kingdom, right? We represent the kingdom of God. We represent the gospel by the way that we live, by the way that we talk, by the way that we love people and love God, no matter what, because we're not ashamed of the gospel. Here's what he says. He said, it's the power of, of God for salvation. Did y'all know that you're walking around with the power of God? That's what you're armed with. You have the power of God. Anybody want to select a different weapon or a different, something different? I mean, how can you get more powerful than God? 
The power of the kingdom of God is at your fingertips. In fact, we're charged to carry it around the world and share it with people. The most powerful thing there is. How can we lose? How can we lose? It's tough. Here's why it's hard. Because we understand, hopefully we understand how powerful it is. We've, we know what it's done in our own life. We know what it's done. In, when I opened up the door, when I allowed the Lord to come in, completely changed everything. Completely took over my kingdom. And I understand that. And when I'm sharing the gospel with you all or with anybody else in this world, I'm praying that they would open the door so they could experience that same power. So powerful, can overcome anything and anybody, can soften the hardest heart, y'all. The hardest heart. You think, you think, there's somebody in your life, there's somebody that you know, that you're, right now, you and your entire family or your entire circle of friends are saying, that person right there will never, ever come to Christ. And most of you are saying that because they've told you that word for word. The problem is, is they don't expect God to keep knocking. They don't expect God to keep sending one more person to love them, one more person to be nice to them, one more person to share the gospel, one more person to bring the power of the gospel into their presence. And I don't know about y'all, but if somebody knocks long enough, I'm going to open the door to see what's going on. You, you can only ignore the truth for so long. Old Testament scripture in Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's how a door gets open. When someone is seeking the Lord, the Lord will find a way to show himself. You have to be seeking the Lord. It's the way he's always been. It's the way he's going to continue to be. Anybody who's looking for God, God will make himself known. Immediately, by the way. Because he's already trying to make himself known. And it's not until the door is opened and we start actually looking in the right direction that we actually see, okay, this God is real. And maybe this Bible is true. And maybe this Jesus that it talks about is somebody important. And we keep looking until we see, oh man, if all that's true, then maybe I am a sinner. Maybe I have offended the one who created me. And maybe I need this Jesus in my life. You see, when the door gets open, the truth comes in. That's the prayer. That when your preacher is preaching the gospel, that God would open doors. For whoever can hear, whoever's listening, whoever has ears to hear, as Jesus taught, if somebody has ears to hear, means they're looking for the truth, that they will hear it when your preacher is preaching, including you. Somebody, some of y'all are saying, well, I'm already saved, so I don't... No, you need, you need to hear the gospel as many times as it'll be preached because you need more, more ways that you can go into the neighborhood and say, this is the gospel. Maybe somebody's going to say it in a different way, and you're like, oh, wow, I never heard it explained that. Well, let me go tell the so-and-so. And it keeps it on the front of our mind. Acts chapter 17 and verse 26 and 27, it reads like this. This is New Testament evidence of, of God and his willingness to make himself known. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all the, uh, all the, the face of the earth, 
having uh, determined to appoint their appointed times and the, the, uh, the boundaries of their uh, habitation, that they would seek God, this is why he created men, that they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. How many of y'all, if you wear glasses, have been looking for your glasses and they're right there on your face? happened don't you don't you don't have to it's not it happens to everybody that wears glasses where's my glasses i can't or 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 some of y'all that don't wear glasses don't get it you're looking for your phone while you're talking on it like where's my phone how come i can't find my phone this is what happens to folks on a spiritual level i wish i could know if god is real i wish i could know if this gospel that these christians talk about is the truth I, I wish I could know for, su- for sure that this is salvation and, and I need it. And God is saying he created us to look for him. He created us to grope for him. I don't know if, I mean, I was reading that uh, last night again and I was like, I don't know if I've groped for anything in my life. I don't even know how to grope. But it, it seems to me like it's, a, it's kind of a desperate desire to find something to reach something to keep reaching out for you see it's all about what what we're looking for it's all about what a person is endeavoring to find if you look for god he's right he's always right there to to be found he doesn't hide himself the reason people don't find him is because they're not really looking for him Some people are working hard to ignore. Hello? We still have to go into the world. We have the most powerful message. We have the power of God, and we are to go into the world unashamed and preach it to everybody so that they might have a chance to believe because those are the ones who will be with him for eternity. That's the mission. If it weren't for that, we'd all get saved and then go be with the Lord. There's nothing else to do. So how do we do this? How do we pray for open doors? We can pray for open doors. We can, uh, for doors to be open in the hearts of, first off, all of you. People here in the congregation. That your heart would, would st- the door would stay open for the Lord to interact. Come and go. The Spirit of God would come in. Take whatever word of God is preached so that you can use it. So when you go into the world, you can preach the gospel unashamed. And God would open doors out there. You see. And if you're praying for that open door in your own heart, then you ought to be praying for your preacher to bring a message that's from God so that you can be fed appropriately so that when you open that door or God opens that door in your heart that you would receive exactly what the Lord wants you to have so you can go out and be a powerful Christian in this world. Because ultimately, we want people to get saved, yes? I I believe there's people right now in your life, you may not even know these people. You might know them. There's people right now that God is intending to use you to change their life with the gospel. And that they would come in here one day and get saved. Or call you on the phone and say, how do I be saved? And if you don't have the answer, you've missed the opportunity. Right? And if you find yourself in that situation, y'all, don't panic. Don't say, what do I do? Call the preacher. 
And I'll tell you, meet me down there at the church and bring that person with you. And we'll talk to them. And they'll get saved. As long as, the door, as long as they're looking, the door's open. Y'all. So keep praying for that. We pray for people that come into our church on Sunday morning that are visiting. Just trying to see, okay, is this a church that I want to go to? Is this a church that I like? Is this a church that has something for me? I used to get upset because people would come and visit a church looking for what the church has for them. I used to get upset about that because only because it's my mindset that you should come into the church and say, what can I do to help this church? That's, that's the reality of it. However, if people are coming here looking for something, what this church can do for them, I'll tell you what we can do for you. We can tell you the gospel. And you can get saved. And then once you get saved, I believe, once we all get saved and we have the Spirit of God, then we decide, you know what, this is not about me. How can I be a part of what the Lord's doing here? Then it, then it starts to get in line, you see. So I love it when people come in and visit, and they're like, hey, what can this church do for me? Or how can I, well, how does this church, how does this church suit me? Well, this church suits those who have ears to hear the gospel. As long as I'm preaching here and y'all are praying for me, that's what this, the truth is. Because the, the, the goal is that we wear this baptistry out. The goal is that people stand up here and proclaim Christ as Lord and Savior. The goal is that people would then be discipled and grow into great Christians and preachers of the gospel. And we would send them into the community and then the Lord would be praised every day for it. That's the goal. That's the intent. That's God's will. All because of the gospel. Not because this preacher is a great preacher, but because this congregation of believers know how to go to God and ask him to make it happen. Hello? What about the lost? The lost souls? That might, they might come in the building. They might come and visit. Right? They definitely need to hear the gospel. They definitely, they desperately need to hear that Jesus is the Christ and that he loves them as much as he loves everybody else. And they also need to be told about their sin. Not to condemn anybody, not to bring anybody down. They need to be told about their sin so they can see the situation just like the rest of us had to do. At some point in our life, we all had to say, you know what, Uh, I didn't realize it, but I've offended God in great ways. We've been doing live stream ever since the pandemic happened. And I get torn back and forth about that because I don't want it to prevent people from coming to church just because they want to stay home. It's just as easy to turn over in the bed and turn the live stream on. Or maybe my, my recliner is a little more comfortable. And I can drink my tea and eat my PB&J and watch the live stream. And it's not wrong. I'm not condemning anybody for that. But there's nothing like the fellowship of the believers when we come together to worship. But the reason I brought that up is because there's probably, no doubt, people who are not saved who might come across our live stream in the community, in the world, anywhere. That internet goes all over the world, whoever wants to get it. And if we're preaching the gospel, and we're inviting people to receive the gospel, certainly God can have his way even through the internet. Hello? So yeah, we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to pray for those who decide that internet is better than in person. It's not. It's not even comparable. 
Internet is good for those who are homebound, can't get out. They're good for those who are sick and shouldn't be out. And they're good for those who are lost and trying to figure out, is this church a church that I know anything about or want to know anything about? There's been a few people that have come to this church because they saw us online, checked it out first, and then came. And they've stayed for a while. And they're still here, some of them. And we praise the Lord for that. So we pray for the lost, the, Lord, their, the hearts to be open, the doors to be open in their hearts so that they might receive the gospel. And then we pray that the, the, that the door would be open to the preacher's heart, that God would continue to give him the message and he would be able to preach it and the Lord would have his way uh, in all of that. Now let's get to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Final, final point of the day. We're still in the approximate time period of this hour. In case y'all are wondering. <laughs> this book was written by a man uh, named Dr. Tony Lofton. In case you didn't know that. The uh, reason I'm pointing that out is because I'm going to re uh, read uh, some t statistics straight out of the book that he, that he gives. He says, 10 people sharing the gospel are better than one person. 100 people sharing the gospel is better than 10 people. 1,000 people sharing the gospel is better than 100 people. And so on and so on. And he points out in the book that this is what Paul understood this. He understood that he wasn't going to run around the whole world saving everybody. And that he needed his brothers and sisters in Christ to do the same work that he was doing. So he was constantly encouraging them. To stand firm in the faith. Not be ashamed of the gospel. Remember who you are. Remember how you got saved. And boldly share it with everybody around you. Uh, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, finally, brethren. And uh, the funny thing is, Paul always knew how to close out. A, <laughs> if, you look at, if you look at all the letters that Paul wrote, when he says finally, he's not closing. This particular letter, he is kind of closing, but there's other ones he's been going on for a while. This is just saying, this is my final point. He says, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you. That's what I want you to take home today. That's what I want you to keep in your mind. Ask the Lord, how do I do this for the preacher and for the church and for your own ministry? How do, how do I pray? How do I pray that the Lord uh, will spread the gospel rapidly so that he would be glorified? Don't forget the last part. We're not, we're not trying to spread the gospel rapidly so that Oak Grove would be well known in the, in the community. We're not, we're, we're not trying to spread the gospel rapidly so that this preacher would become one of them uh, known around the world preachers. We're not trying to spread the gospel rapidly so that any, uh, anybody would think that we're something great. The gospel, we're asking that it be spread rapidly because there's a lot of people that aren't saved around us and near us. And we don't know, as was pointed out in our great uh, 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 communion meditation, that we don't know when the Lord's coming back. We don't have as much time as we desire. We ain't got time for piddling around with the gospel. We don't have time for timidness or being ashamed of. 
We don't have time for any prideful attitude about the gospel. There's people dying every day that aren't saved, leaving this world permanently. And I'm just one preacher, and you're just one witness, each one of you. But if we're part of the body of Christ and we're doing the work that God sent us to do, that Jesus died for us to be able to do, the message that we have only comes because Jesus is the Christ and he died on the cross. He was resurrected from the dead. He went to be with the Father and the believers have the Spirit of God along with the gospel message. We have everything we need. We have the most powerful thing going. God is having his way and people are getting saved. The question is, are me and you involved in that? Is Oak Grove Christian Church involved in that? Is any other church up and down the road that call themselves Christians, are they involved in that? The gospel is being preached around the world. It is spreading rapidly because that's God's will. Is it happening because of this preacher? Is it happening because of you, the believers in this church? Is it happening because God is having his way in our lives? Is it happening because we're praying together, asking God to make it happen? Right? I'm asking you as your preacher to pray for me that whatever I do for the Lord, whatever I do in this pulpit or whatever. This uh, last week I went to Eastern North Carolina on a Monday night, preached to 65 uh, men out there, cotton farmers and and peanut farmers. And uh, what else they grow out there? They grow some other stuff, a couple other things. Tobacco. Yeah, that's what they grow. And these guys, we showed up, they showed up at 7 o'clock at a, at a guy, some, some guy's truck shop, big gigantic barn. And they cleared the shop out and put up a bunch of chairs and cooked a bunch of food. And these men come out of the fields. Still have, their tractors are still warm coming out of the fields. So they could share a meal together and they can hear somebody preach the gospel. And God allowed me to go all the way out there, six and a half hours, in the humid, muggy heat. If anybody's been in eastern North Carolina summertime, y'all understand. I wasn't moving. I tried not to move. I was standing out there, and the sun went down. I was standing out there trying not to move, and I was still sweating. Just come right out of me. But I was happy to do it because it was an opportunity, and not all them men were saved. Not all them men go to church somewhere. Some of them do, but not all of them. And they got a lot of preachers out there that preach the gospel. But I got to go and preach the gospel that night. So I want you to pray that the Lord continues to use your preacher that way. Continues to find opportunities here in our community to build uh, opportunities for people to hear the gospel. Whether it be in person, whether it be uh, in casual contact throughout the community, whether it be here at a meeting at the church, whether it be during a revival here at the church, or maybe online. We could do that. Our Wednesday night Bible study, I record that, and that gets put into a podcast that goes around the world. And I think there's seven different pe- there's people from seven different countries that listen to that. That's what the Lord's doing. That's not what I'm doing. And I know that if they're listening to our Wednesday night Bible study, they're going to hear the gospel because we're reading straight out of the Bible together. And we praise the Lord for that.
So here it is, big idea. If we truly want to be praying for God's will, we must pray that people would be saved. Because that's what God's will is. We know that. We've already studied that. We must pray that doors would be opened because nobody's going to receive the gospel until the door's opened. And the doors don't get open until God softens hearts. And people start looking for God. We're not trying to make people look for God. We're out there looking for people who already are looking for God. Doesn't that seem like the easier task? Let the Lord soften the heart, and when they get soft enough, you're going to find them. And we must pray that the gospel spreads all over the community. All over the community. What that means to me is I'm not only praying that people would come into our fellowship and get saved and continue to help us do the work after they get saved and start growing as a disciple, but I'm praying for all the other churches to be, to be the same way. We can't, help, we can't hold this whole community in here. The big church down the street can't hold this whole community. Who am I to tell the Lord how to do things? Let's just ask him to make us part of the powerful thing that's going on. Now you may have noticed, and I'm going to finish up with this, you may have noticed by now, I hope you have, that this, this series that I've been pr preaching about praying for your preacher it's not, it's not really about praying for your preacher, is it? Not really. It's about praying the will of God. It's about praying for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, not, it's, it's, it's about praying for you and yourself. It's about praying for your neighbor here, the person sitting next to you in the pew, the people sitting in the back, the people sitting in the front, the people sitting that aren't even here today for whatever the reason. It's about praying for each other. Because we're all part of the church. And the church is about making disciples. The church is about preaching the gospel. The church is about doing God's will. Whether you're preachers or elders or deacons or servants or ministry leaders or youth ministers or children's directors, it doesn't matter. When we pray these ways, we're praying for people to be saved because of the power of the gospel. So it's not really about praying for your preacher, is it? It's really about praying for God's will. So do you really want people to hear the gospel? Do you really want people to get saved? I think everybody in this room, and maybe everybody that's hearing me that's saved, will say, yeah, well, of course I want people to get saved. I think that the answer, uh, you can make your way over there because it's going to be, in, <laughs> you, I, you, I might beat you down there. I think the answer to those questions, do you really want people to hear the gospel? Do you really want them to be saved? I think we all want to say, yeah, that's what we want. But I think our actions answer that question a little more accurately than our words. That's what I think. And I'm saying that to self first. I'm saying that to myself first. Because I, I, can, I can hear me and the Lord having this conversation because I'm Lord, I'm like, I want people to get saved. I want them to hear the gospel. And he's sitting back saying, well, do you? Because if you do, you'd be out doing this. Or if you, do, if you did, you'd be over there doing that. Or if you did, you'd be thinking about this in your prayer time. I, I'm saying that's what challenges me. And I'm saying that if we're going to be a church that preaches the gospel so that people will be saved, this is what we have to focus on. 
Next, next series. Let me see if I got this on here. Yeah. On Tuesday, when they come in the mail, this is your next book. It'll be out there on the table. And it's going to be two weeks of talking about what's in that book. It's about praying for y'all. It's about how your preacher should pray for y'all. For the people that he serves with. Right? Me and a few other preachers, we, get, we, we work hard on getting out of the habit of saying, my, my people and my elders and my deacons. Because they're not mine, they're God's. Y'all, y'all belong to God. Y'all don't belong to me. I'm serving with you. You're serving with me. And we're doing whatever the Lord leads us to do. And if we're like-minded, as we talked about in our Bible study this morning, if we're like-minded in Christ, it's all because we want people to be saved. And to be honest with you, if we could ever get to the point where we don't even, we don't even really care who those people are, as long as they're getting saved, that's all that matters. I'm not saying... We can't pick and choose our neighbors and our friends, our family members, or we want them specifically. But I'm just saying, anybody and everybody that would walk through these doors and want to genuinely get saved, I'm here. I'll be here all day if that's the case. I'll be here all day every day. I'll pitch a tent right over here and wait for people to walk in the door if that's the case. Because that's what I signed up for. The benefits of signing up for that is I get to go and be with the Lord when I die because of Jesus, because of our Savior, because of the gospel. I love you and the Lord loves you. We're going to sing a song. You got my book?